Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. We have a very special episode today. Our guest is a longtime mentor, coach, and friend to me. He's also an investor and board member at Parakeeto, and one of the main reasons that we even started this show. Uh, you said, Dan, when I started the podcast, I asked you to be a guest, and you said, do 100 episodes and then come back and see me. So I, I think this is like 104, 105, but the timing couldn't be better. Uh, and it, I, what can I say about Dan Martell, who's our guest today? I mean, serial entrepreneur, five startups, three exits, investors in some of the biggest, fastest growing companies in the world, like Intercom, Udemy, award-winning angel investor. But I think for me personally, the impact has just been the mentorship and coaching. I've had the pleasure of being very close to you inside of SAS Academy, which is the company Dan started, the largest and number one coaching program in the world for B2B SaaS founders. And with all of that exposure, really embraced a way of thinking about my time that has absolutely transformed my life and given me the ability to build the business I have today. So with all of that, Dan, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, Marcel, it's it's a treat. And it's kind of funny because I realize like with all the things I've done in your life, it's I feel like you have to have me on your podcast. You know, it's like as if I'm, I, I'm not allowed to. But uh, dude, on the hundred, uh, congrats, by the way. And the funny part is, is um, I said the same thing to my wife. So don't feel like it's I literally tell every person that starts a podcast. They're like, oh, I want you my podcast. I'm like, I'll be your hundredth guest. Said same thing to Renee. And I was her hundredth guest. So it's nothing personal, just uh, it's a cool kind of forcing function for people to like keep at it and uh, and then me to get to celebrate with them when they hit it. So it's cool to be here. Well, it's it. We wouldn't be here. This is the ironic thing, right? We wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Parakeeto wouldn't be here. And this show wouldn't have reached 100 episodes if it weren't for the thing we're going to talk about today, which is the buyback principle and really just your thesis around time. Um, that of all the things and I've learned a lot of things from you, this has to be the most transformational for me. Um, and it's changed the way I, I look at everything in my life. And so I'm I, incredibly important to dig into this. But before we start on that, um, I'll give you an opportunity to, in your own words, describe uh, what you do and who you serve. Yeah, I mean, you did a good job. I kind of explained to people, I have like three parts of my life. I've got you know, SaaS Academy, which is, you know, the largest coaching company for software CEOs. I've got uh, High Speed Ventures, which is my investment uh, kind of vehicle. So it's like my, you know, all my investments and now we're buying companies and doing a bunch of stuff there. Um, and then I do work with at-risk youth. So pretty much every Friday afternoon I speak, uh, I support nonprofit organizations, um, I'm just looking on ways to have a bigger impact in that uh, that population in the world, and um, and then I'm obviously a dad of two incredible boys and a wife, and you know I live a pretty rich social life. I have a lot of relationships, a lot of friends, travel around the world, and 
you know, and then I do Ironmans and try to stay fit and all these things. So I, I don't lack amount of things to do. But my real passion is entrepreneurship. I just think entrepreneurs get up every day to make the world a better place for every other person in it. And I just love, love, love talking to entrepreneurs. And, and for everyone's context, uh, your focus tends to be in software, but you've run uh, consulting and services businesses, Spheric, you know, for example, one of your first successes in business was a lot of consulting in enterprise fortune 500 kind of companies. So for everyone listening to this, this applies to you. In fact, I think it applies even more directly to folks who sell their time, because that is literally kind 100%. of the math behind this concept, right? So let's start with the book. Um, as everyone's listening to this, you just released a brand new book which everybody should go to the show notes immediately, go buy it. But what drove you to, to write this book, The Buyback Principle? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been wanting to write a book for a decade. I just was waiting until I felt like I had a unique perspective or point of view to share. And what was funny is like, as I started coaching and you know requiring clients to free up their time to be able to execute the strategies, the growth playbooks, um, the buyback principle was kind of the core framework that we taught everybody just so that they could free up their time. And I just always assumed that it was a pretty basic, normal thing. And as I like shared it outside of my coaching clients into the rest of the world, people are like, whoa, that's a very different approach to hiring and to deploying capital. Um, and the buyback principle's core thesis is that we don't hire people to grow our business. We hire people to buy back our time. So I always call it calendar over capacity. And the reason why is that I want to teach entrepreneurs how to build a business they don't grow to hate. Because a lot of, especially agency owners, it's very easy to get to a place, especially if you're good, to get busy. And then all of a sudden wake up one day with a dozen employees and, you know, just absolutely hating your day and just feeling like you don't have time for anything. And you're, you're spending more time solving problems and putting up fires than actually doing the work you used to love to do. And I call that the pain line. Like entrepreneurs will not grow into pain. And when they hit the pain line, they either decide to sell, sabotage or stall. And I don't want that pain line to be the thing that stops them from creating more in the world. Like I think entrepreneurs, if they're great at their craft and their art, I want them to do more art. I want them to contribute more. And that's why like the subtitle of my book is and build your empire because I want you to buy back your time and not go hang out on a beach or watch Netflix. I want you to like keep getting better at trading to create more value in the world. And so you, you alluded to it, but what is the thing that differentiates the buyback principle from how we would traditionally think about hiring and outsourcing and some of the, the more standard knowledge, I guess, or standard assumptions that people have around this concept? Yeah, most people hire or even, you know, outsource contract work, et cetera, the most expensive or highest value thing. So I have an agency and I do design, I'm going to hire another designer. I have a dev shop and I hire another developer. I'm a plumber, I'm going to hire another plumber. And my philosophy is, no, let's maximize your time to do that craft the most because it's what you're monetizing at the highest level. And then let's audit your time, both from a time energy, uh, a monetization and an energy level and get all the stuff that sucks your energy and that's low value tasks and get somebody else to support you there so you can do more of that because it's actually a mathematical principle you, you can't argue, right? Like that spending dollars to buy back time to do low value tasks to free up your calendar for you to go do higher value tasks and make you more money is the best time trade. 
and most people do it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that was a, definitely a, something that resonated with me as well. Like when I could start getting away from my computer an hour or two earlier at the end of every day, because I didn't have to worry about all the emails and the scheduling and the, like all those little things again, that were just like eating my evenings and weekends, the incremental improvement in my quality of life for every hour that I saved that like would have been taken away from, you know, seven, eight, nine o'clock. And we both get up really early. So like I'm, I'm, I should be in bed by nine. (laughs) I'm still on my computer. It's a problem. The quality of life improvement was so substantial and it did have an impact on relationships. And similarly, like had those tough conversations of like, you know, Hey, we're, you want to have kids, but like, no, like my fiance straight up told me like, we, we cannot have kids under these conditions. Like you're not capable of sharing that load based on what your calendar looks like that that's a shocking conversation. And it's a real wake up call in terms of like how this applies to all of that other stuff as well. So with that in mind, when should somebody start thinking about this? And I know for myself, like an assistant was my first hire ever. And it was way earlier than most people start thinking about hiring an assistant. They think you got to be a big shot to have one. We were doing like 10K a month in revenue. And we started with, you know, 10 bucks an hour, 20 hours a week. It was a very nominal cost, but the impact was huge. Like when should people start thinking through this exercise and start applying the buyback principle? Well, if you ask me, take everything away, right? Like I lose all of my resources, my net worth, all of it. And I'm starting a business tomorrow. I would convince somebody to be my executive assistant, even if I couldn't afford to pay them. So it's like as soon as possible. And the reason why is any minute that I'm not focused on talking to the market, doing a sales call, delivering the thing I sold is just time I should be doing that. So if I want to like to the speed that you want to achieve and growth in your business, then you have to buy back that time. It's just a correlated thing. So like, you know, I've, I've shared this with my, my wife, even I would like, I'd sell everything I own before I get rid of two people, my executive assistant and my house manager, Betty, like those, those two people in my life buy back the most, uh, the most amount of time so that I can do again, it's what you said about being able to recharge, like, because I have those people supporting my lives and a ton of other people. But like, if I had to start over, then I could, I I'm just more present with my kids. I'm, I'm not doing things that take away or rob, like, cause every time you say yes to something like going to the grocery store, you're inadvertently saying no, you're saying no to somebody's birthday party. You're saying no to date night. You're saying no to going to the gym. You're saying no to, you know, um, you know, reading, feeding your mind. Like you're saying no to other stuff. You just don't realize it. So to me, it's like part-time out task style, like you mentioned 20 hours a week or whatever, whatever you can afford. Right. But Usually when you're starting off, if you if you're making anything, you know, if you're charging 50 bucks an hour for your time, you can afford it. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. 
But with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. So I, on this, I want to share my little sister, Milan, who you know, very, very early in her entrepreneurial journey. But like we had this conversation and at one point she was like, I know I should be doing this. I know I should be doing this, but I just really hate doing it. And she kept procrastinating. And I was like, let me like she does Uber on the side to like meet ends me. I was like, what are you making an hour of doing Uber? She's like, eh, probably 45 bucks. Gracie, her assistant who's in the Philippines, I'm like, how much does Gracie cost? She's like $6. So I was like, you could do one hour of Uber and not have to do any of the stuff you just told me you hate doing for just like one extra hour driving a car. You get like like 10 extra hours back and just like the light bulb went off in her head. And so here she is like ground floor of her business, but same concept. She knows she can go trade her time somewhere else and then buy back all of the stuff that she knows needs to happen but she doesn't want to do. And I think that's perfectly okay. Um, that's, that's how you build the momentum. So, well, that's the, and the buyback rate is essentially that whatever your hourly monetization is in your, your $45 an hour in your sister case divided by four. And that is your buyback rate, right? Cause I want you to get a four times the ROI, right? So if it's $40, it's $10. So if you can pay anybody else to do anything that you're currently doing in your life, $10, then it just makes no financial sense to not do that, to buy back that hour, to go do something only you can do that can support your future and your growth. So with all of that, let's talk about the, the nuts and bolts of it. So when somebody starts thinking through this framework, you mentioned the buyback loop. The first step is the audit. What do people need to get right in order for that audit to return the insight that it's meant to, to return? Yeah, I recommend a two-week time audit so that you have enough um, elapsed time to see different variations of your life. One week may not show the different distortion in your life, um, but if you do a two-week audit and you, you just set off a timer every 15 minutes and just write down what you did for the last 15 minutes, it could be watch TikTok, watch TikTok, watch TikTok for fucking three hours. I don't know, whatever it is for you, right? And then, and then once you do that, you can literally, so if you log your time in your calendar uh, or in any kind of time and energy audit, then you go through that list and you highlight in red things that suck your energy that you hate doing, right? Like sending out invoices or proposals. And then you highlight in green things that you enjoy doing, right? For me, it's talking to entrepreneurs. And like, then you put dollar signs, $1 sign to $4 signs. So $1 sign is like very inexpensive to give, give, pay somebody to do this task. And $4 is very expensive, right? Doesn't mean you never do it, but you just keep working yourself way up. So once you do the time and energy audit, you take all the red tasks that $1 sign, and that's your hit list to give typically an executive assistant, a personal assistant, whatever. And then you, then, then the key is, is you transfer that stuff to them. Right. And I, I like the camcorder method and I teach this in the book, which is literally record yourself doing the work and talking out loud. Do that three to five times. Take those recordings. You know, I had a client once say, well, like, so you record yourself doing something and then you talk out loud and then you ask somebody else to watch it. Like, don't you feel bad for them having to watch it because it's not a really well edited video? And I'm like, no, zero, because. The whole point is to buy back my time. If I have to sit down and train somebody, I don't care how efficient and beautiful the training is. It's like, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to add extra time to create a training. I just want to record myself doing it. And, you know, I've done this in every aspect of all my businesses, even like strategic planning to creating content, to coaching, to 
um, sales, marketing. And then that way, when somebody joins your team, you can just have them watch all these trading videos. And then the key is, is I actually have the person I hire to buy back my time, create the SOPs. So I don't even create the standard operating procedures, what I call playbooks. I make the person I hire. So if I'm hiring an executive assistant, I'll record myself doing all the work I want them to do. And then when I give them the videos, the first two weeks is watch all the videos and then create the playbook for how you're going to do the things that I did in the video. And that way, if it doesn't work out with that assistant, you can just hire somebody new and they've got videos and an S- a playbook, right? And then the key is the fill, right? It's like once you, once you start trading your time, what do you fill it with, right? Skills, mindset, beliefs, seminars, strategies, and then relationships. Those are the three most powerful things you can do to really like level up your life and your business. And this is exactly how we do at Paracuto as well. It's Loom Video into an SOP. We, we use, you know, operations agency who I know you're familiar with, and they really help like lubricate that whole process. Um, and it works. It re- works incredibly well and takes so much of the friction out of doing it. One of the questions I get mm-hmm. often with this is, and you mentioned earlier, right, like the worry that someone's not going to do it well or there's going to be mistakes. And, of course, there's a learning curve to anything. What's the follow-up and ongoing management look like to support the person that you're bringing in to, to do this stuff and make sure that they have the clarity that they need to, to meet the expectations? Yeah, so, I mean, in, in the book, I teach this coaching framework because I think most business owners are really bad at leading people. They're very, like candid, direct, and harsh, right? Somebody makes a mistake, they're like, why'd you do this? This is stupid. And, you know, they don't realize, like, this person did the best with what they had, and they probably just weren't well-trained. So the framework is very simple. Number one, um, I actually don't interrupt people. I just write it down. So I have, I have this Google Doc called Ad Agenda, and it's all the people that report to me, and anytime I see something I want to talk to them about, I just write it in there, and I save it for our one-on-ones. So that, that's a really key point because it removes the emotional attachment to the thing until I have the space to sit down and talk to them. Um, then then I, I, I ask them if I can give them feedback. They say yes, so I always ask for permission. And, and I did this this morning with my executive assistant because I talk to her every day. And then we go through the process. And, and usually I don't attack the task. I talk about the principle, right? And the way it is, is like, this is the thing that happened. But the, the thing that I'm upset is not the, 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 the mess up. It's the principle it violated, right? So if it's like, you know, you replied, but you weren't clear. Well, it wasn't clear communication. Let's talk about clear communication. Then I'll use a story of my own life when I wasn't clear and what it cost me. And if you don't have a good story, you can use a client story, you can use a story you read in a book, you can use whatever story. And that usually acts as like the glue for the person to actually understand the principle. Because if you're attacking the behavior or the action, it doesn't make sense. So then talk about the story. And then third, I ask them what they took away from that story. And they're like, well, I really like the way you explain this because that makes sense because of these things. And then I ask them, well, what's the one change you're going to commit to me making going forward based on knowing this. And every time you do that, you're essentially investing in your people and you're, 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 you're coaching your people. That's what I do as a coach. And my belief is we build the people and the people build the business, right? You know, Cameron Harold uh, says often, he goes, you know, clients say, well, what if I, what if I train them and they leave? And he always jokes, well, what if you don't and they stay? Right. And so for me, it's like, I use that coaching framework on all my people when there's issues because it's an investment in their future. And I'm using principles because principles are broadly understood and not task specific. So it, it covers a lot of different scenarios. 
And that that separation of principles versus processes like that, I remember being such a huge unlock for us because we were struggling with this, right, of like we wanted to write an SOP for a process that we knew was going to change because it was like a new thing in the business. And I think it was Allison from Operations Agency that that surfaced this idea of like, well, what if you just wrote down like five bullets of like what needs to be true? And then you don't worry about the details until later. And I think that that's like a, a super key concept of like that is really the foundation of every process. And if it's not meeting those principles, then the process is is wrong. Or you know maybe the, like the process just needs to be revisited. So big idea. With all of that, Dan, I know that you've got a very packed schedule today. Um, for those that are listening that want to learn more about this buyback principle, they want to read the book. Where should they go to consume more of the incredible content you're putting out into the world? Yeah, the book is on all retailers' sites, Amazon and Audible. And I read the book, and there's bonus content in the audiobook that I uniquely put there if you guys are more of an audiobook person. But buybackyourtime.com is the best place, and I'll tell you why. Um, we have a bunch of resources because, like, the book is like very story based and frameworks, but there's like templates and stuff I wanted to include that my editor thought, no, this, this starts to read like a university book. So I put those on buybackyourtime.com uh, website, and I'm going to be doing ongoing Q&A sessions. So if you guys are interested in getting access to me and other things I'm doing, definitely check out that. And then I'm personally on all social media. My favorite's Instagram, Instagram stories, Dan Martell, Tuels and Martell. Um, they can find me there. And um, yeah, I would, you know, Marcel, you mentioned something I would love to just elaborate on is the personal side of things. Like, if, if people give themselves permission to like not only buy back their time in their business, but then also consider their home life, right? And that could be as simple as like meal prep or cleaning, um, maintenance, other stuff like that, that starts to really, you know, like people, a lot of my friends look at my life and they're like, how do you do it all? But I'm like, well, because I have somebody in our home that manages all of the, like anything that my wife or I would have to manage, right? Like, and I'm talking everything. Like, dude, I haven't put gas in my own car in years. I, I just don't like it's, it's, that's a Wednesday task for Benny. She literally takes our cars, gets them clean, puts gas in them. Like, you know, fr like, and, and we resets our house every day. And that, that way my wife and I can be a hundred percent present for our kids and a hundred percent focus on our businesses. And like having somebody like if you're traveling, go up, fly a day early to go set up your Airbnb so that when you show up, cause rhythm and routines are important, right? So like health, like I want the food that I want when I'm on vacation, just like I have at my house. And so people, they see these lives that like Richard Branson lives or other people and they think it's so unattainable and it's like available to a lot of people listening. They just haven't given themselves permission to entertain it. Yeah, especially today, like even, you know, for some, like I can't afford a house manager today, but like I can afford Instacart 10% and I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can afford TaskRabbit. Like I can afford a lot of stuff like this. I can afford to hire a travel agent. Like there's a lot of things where it, there's an extra 10 or 15%. And when you start thinking about it through this framework, you're like, this is absolutely worth the additional cost to not have to worry about it. And to your point, maybe you don't have a ton of time to spend together, but if a lot of that time is not being eaten up by all these errands that you kind of run around doing that are not adding any value, then you can actually like spend time together, spend the quality time. And that has been transformational for myself as well. Like Kira and I have a better relationship because although we don't have a, a huge volume of time, 
it's focused on just being together and enjoying each other's company and we're not spending so much of it on this stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that's an, an incredibly important thing to drive home. I'm glad you brought that up. Awesome. Dan, uh, thank you, man, for everything before the podcast on the podcast. And I, I hope that everybody will dive into this and experience the, the same kind of things that I've experienced over these last few years. And, uh, yeah, appreciate you being on the show today, man. Means the world. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.
Thanks, Marcel.